The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Wednesday edition of the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. Coming up on the show today, Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws and Kyle Tucker from the Athletic as we uh, talk about Kentucky football moving closer to that opener now that they have their starting quarterback named. We'll get into all of that as we move into our Wildcat News of the Day and the open practice yesterday for Kentucky football. Uh, media members were able to go and uh, get video, get pictures, and get a look at the Wildcats. And a couple of things. One of the first things that people noticed, Darren Rosenthal's playing left tackle. Darian Kennard is at the right side. They uh, apparently looked at it the other way for a week. Darian has played right tackle all throughout his career. Rosenthal's played left tackle all throughout his career. Obviously, there's more value placed on left tackles at the NFL level, you know, the blindside movie and all of that. And so for Darian Kennard, doing what's best for the team uh, is a little bit of a personal sacrifice. Um, And so kudos for him for doing that. I would think that he is first-team All-America on, I think, about every list that you look at. And if he plays in that fashion, uh, the fact that Stoops was fine moving him to left tackle, uh, I think that will bode well for him at the next level. And uh, he, I would think he'll be be fine. Um, probably gain him some points at the next level, actually. Uh, staying on the right side to enable Rosenthal to stay on the left side. And, you know, it may not sound like a big deal, but there is a difference left to right. And so and you put two guys back in their natural positions this way, the positions, at least uh, it was maybe not natural, but the positions they've played throughout their careers. Uh, probably, certainly, I think you could say most comfortable in at this point. So um, that was one thing that uh, got noticed. Otherwise, a lot of comments about, you know, Will Levis throwing the football, how accurate he uh, he was, or well, what he looked on certain throws. It's you know the, the main evaluation on on that that kind of thing comes from his coaches, and then the rest of us will have our evaluations once he starts playing against other people. Uh, Levis did talk afterward with the media. Uh, he said being named the starter was a weight off his shoulders. Not surprising there, and he talked about how he undertook getting to know his teammates when he arrived here and how it's, you know, everybody's different. You can't have a, you know, one-size-fits-all approach to leadership when you come in. And so he uh, talked a little bit about his effort to to get to know his teammates and to be able to uh, see what they needed from a leadership standpoint. Uh, Cohen, uh, Liam Cohen talked. He said Levis has a personality that uh, guys naturally follow. Nice thing to have in a quarterback if you can get it. You don't always have it, but uh, if it's uh, if it's there, good thing to have. Uh, Cohen also talked about uh, Levis throwing the football, needing to be a little more 
or to continue to improve his accuracy on shorter throws in the offense. Got the big arm, of course, but that was the question coming out of Penn State was the accuracy on the the short throws or the touch throws and uh, Levis even acknowledged that that was a a little bit more of an issue for him earlier but that he's worked on it we talked earlier this summer about the story Bruce Feldman had in the athletic about the work with a quarterback mechanics guru that uh, Levis did to improve that part of his game anyway Cohen thinks it'll be fine just with more reps now as the starter Um, last week um, apparently Levis was getting reps with the the threes and the twos um so you know the uh now he's getting more of the reps with the ones and that should help him um get a better rapport with the receivers but you know it looks like that's that scrimmage last saturday was uh, pretty significant because levis wasn't at least wasn't running with the ones going in and um i think he showed them what they needed to see. Bo Allen, we talked yesterday about how he's been coming on. Cohen had some really nice things to say about him yesterday. So uh, we have a clear pecking order at the QB spot now and waiting to hear what happens with Joey Gatewood. One other note as you watch some of these highlights from practice, Rashawn Lewis, the walk-on wide receiver transfer, he was wearing number 28 previously, now has switched to number 19. So if you see 19, Make, continuing to make some nice plays, as he has done. Just know that's Lewis, and he's no longer wearing 28. A couple of recruiting notes. Uh, Kentucky football has, or Kentucky basketball, rather, has offered Adem Bona, if that's the correct pronunciation. We'll talk about him with Chris Fisher here in just a bit. Uh, Kentucky football. Uh, Keontae Goodwin is going to visit, visit Alabama this summer. He was on a podcast and uh, said he's going to, or not, not this summer, but this fall, he'll visit Alabama, and then might visit Ohio State and Michigan State. So that's never good. I mean, he's committed to Kentucky. But, you know, if he's committed, but it's also, uh, you know, still entertaining pitches, then that's that's never a good thing. But uh, hopefully Kentucky can uh, fight off the other suitors. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop. Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws coming up next here on the Leach Report Radio Network. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Sixteen past the top of the hour, we go to the drinksword.com hotline. Bring on Chris Fisher from catspaws.com. Uh, we'll start with a little Kentucky football, Chris. Um, Will Levis is the starting quarterback now, so we uh, know what Kentucky's plan is moving forward. Um, what are your thoughts on what the upside is for Levis this season? Yeah, I think for Mark Stoops to do it this early in camp, I think tells you that it was pretty clear cut. It was definitive. Uh, he said as much. He, you know, he went out there and, and won the job. And I think uh, when you look at the way it played out with you know Liam Cohen recruiting him to Kentucky, I think he. I think the writing was on the wall pretty much from that point forward, not to say that Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood didn't have a chance to win it, but uh, Will Levis just has the physical traits that I think Liam Cohen is looking for uh, in a quarterback, that unbelievable arm strength. He can 
put the ball pretty much anywhere on the field and uh, stretch it vertically, especially with you know, some of the weapons that Kentucky's going to have uh, on the edges. And um, you combine that with uh, his physical running ability. I think you know he's more athletic and maybe even has more top-end speed than even Joey Gatewood. So when you combine his arm talent with his ability not just to extend the plays with his legs but, but make plays uh, with his legs, um, it, I think it gives Kentucky a considerably higher ceiling, uh, especially offensively. And don't know how much we'll learn in the first game against Louisiana Monroe, so it may be week two, but it's there, there are a lot of spots – uh, going into this season where if you're a Kentucky fan, you are justifiably optimistic about the potential that is there, but you're waiting to just have it finalized with the performance on the field. And the quarterback's obviously, you know, where that starts. Uh, but, you know, receiver after uh, Robinson and Ali, it's a lot of promise. Uh, so what kind of performance will they get? You know, same at the tight end spot with Upshaw gone now. Um, you know, on the defensive side, there's several spots like that. Uh, how much better is McCon- Marquan McCall going to be? Um, you know, uh, how are the young guys and transfers going to step in on that second line of the defense? But, you know, the, the, on paper, you have reason to be optimistic, I think. Yeah, I think top to bottom, this is probably Mark Stoops' most talented team at Kentucky, all things considered, On really on both sides of the ball. I, I agree. I think there are a couple question marks um, that, you know, you kind of say to yourself, okay, if, if it goes this way, Kentucky could be could have a great season. If it goes this way, Kentucky might, you know, just have a good season. And so I think there are a couple of X factors. I think quarterback play is going to be one of those. You're right, I think. The game plan will be very vanilla for uh, Louisiana Monroe in in week one, and you know, really, you know, going all in on that week two matchup with Missouri that I think is going to go a long way in determining how the SEC East looks at uh, at the end of the season. But you know, going back to uh, you know 2018 when Terry Wilson won the job, we still saw. Gunner Hoke in the first half of the first game. And so I think your hope is that Will Levis takes this job and, and runs with it. And to this point, I think in training camp, he's been, uh, the guy and really, you know, shown some flashes of, uh, some, some big play ability. And that's something that, uh, Kentucky's been missing at that quarterback position for, for some years now. Yeah. These guys that are the coaches have been coaching football a long time and they know what you know what they're looking at. So even though you know Levis uh, hasn't doesn't have a lot of game performance yet, they have uh, you know reason to believe that he's going to be able to do what they need him to do. Still, though, you need to uh, I think as a coach, as much as a fan, you need to to see that verified on the field. Probably teammates too. And um, if uh, Will's able to do that, there's a lot to uh, like about just. They use the Stoops used the word presence. Uh, you see that in, in some of his interviews. He seems, you know, very, uh, very much like a, you know, the quarter you would want your quarterback to be. Guy that's in charge seems confident, right? Right. It's not all about the ability on the field that you know plays a, a big role in it. But yeah, you want a guy that players can rally around. Guys, uh, a guy that players want to play for and play with, and it for from every indication it seems like will levis is that guy and 
you look at the experience factor as well. You know, Joey Gatewood and, and Bo Allen uh, saw some game action last season, but not extensively. And even though he was mainly a backup at Penn State, he only had two starts. Uh, Will Levis played a decent amount of football at Penn State and uh, played really well uh, at Ohio State, nearly led uh, them to a, to a comeback victory at the Horseshoe and uh, nearly led them back to a comeback win over Nebraska as well. And so he's played a lot of football, and uh, I think that experience will uh, will count as well. Talk with Chris Fisher, catspaws.com, on the drinksword.com hotline, and we'll continue after this timeout. It's the Leach Report, Radio Network, for a Wednesday. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Brett McMurphy, college football writer for the Action Network, uh, tweeting out that Nebraska and Coach Scott Frost are under NCAA investigation for improper use of analysts during the pandemic. They reportedly or allegedly held unauthorized off-campus workouts under a staff's direction. And here's the, the probably the really bad part, to avoid detection by school officials, according to sources. So it's one thing to uh, try to do it outside of the NCAA's detection. It's another to do it outside your own boss's uh, detection. So that, uh, if, if true, uh, would not be very good for Coach Frost. Chris Fisher's with us. It's at Chris Fisher twenty four seven on Twitter. Switch to a little basketball news. Uh, Kentucky has extended another offer in the class of twenty two. Not sure on this young man's pronunciation. Is it Adem Bona? Uh, that yeah, that's close enough for uh, government work. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, not unexpected. Uh, this is a guy that the Kentucky staff has had their eye on for some time. One of the most physically imposing prospects in the 2022 class. We have him at number seven uh, overall at 24-7 sports and uh, scheduled to take an official visit to Kentucky next weekend. Um, reminds me a lot of Oscar Sheway, a, a high-motor guy, uh, was second in the EYBL in uh, or led the EYBL in rebounding and was second in blocks behind only uh, Derek Lively nearly had a triple double game at the uh, uh, Peach Jam a couple weeks ago and seems like Kentucky's in uh, pretty good shape there. I entered a crystal ball pick for them uh, after the offer went out last night. Um, and to me, it signals Kentucky kind of fading with, uh, with Brandon Miller at that power forward spot. I think uh, one of the professional options, probably the G League, is going to be really tough to, to beat out for him. And uh, I think he'll slide into uh, that spot uh, in the front court alongside uh, Derek Lively, who remains one of, uh, if if not the top target for Kentucky in 2022 alongside Shaden Sharp. Kentucky loaded up on transfers coming into this season, but uh, from uh, what they're doing on the recruiting trail for 22 and what the analysts who cover it, like yourself and others, are saying about how uh, well they seem to be positioned with several of these guys. Um, it certainly seems like it's it's swinging back in the uh, direction of uh, a lot more freshman influence for Cal, but probably entwined with a, a little more uh, veteran presence. There will be some carryover, I'm sure, from this year's group, and a little more veteran presence than he you know had in uh, some of the past years. Yeah, I think you're going to see at least a couple of those guys uh, come back to Kentucky. And I think 
John Calipari obviously leaned on the transfer portal very heavily uh, last offseason because simply there just wasn't a lot left in that 2021 class. They were obviously able to uh, to sign Ty Ty Washington, but uh, I think John Calipari wanted to add a lot of uh, experience, and he was able to do that. But going forward, it looks like Kentucky's poised for a monster uh, recruiting class in 2022. You look at the guys that they're heavily involved with, Shaden Sharp, Derek Lively, I would classify Kentucky as uh, the leader for both of those guys. We talked about it, Dembona. Um, uh, you have Sky Clark already in the fold, and uh, then if you can lay uh, Case and Wallace as well, I think he's going to visit Kentucky at the end of the month also. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at, you know, five, potentially six top 20 guys in that 2022 class that Kentucky feels really good about. And then I think you go into the spring and, uh, you know, assess your needs and, you know, then see what the transfer portal looks like, much way, you know, the football coaches use JUCO to, you know, plug and play, uh, with, get with experienced guys. I think you'll see Kentucky take that, uh, that same approach, but rely on the elite high school talent first and foremost. They had a couple of guys that could have been difference makers that uh, I think they, they felt like they had a great shot to land and didn't for some uh, unique circumstances, James Wiseman and Cade Cunningham. Uh, but if they seem to be well positioned, as we said, for this 22 class. Is, is there something that Kentucky has done different in the way they're recruiting, or is it uh, more just who they're recruiting with with the staff turnover? Yeah, you know, I think uh, some of it is random. Like you mentioned, if it, you know, if Memphis doesn't hire Penny Hardaway, they get James Wiseman. If Oklahoma State doesn't hire his brother, his brother as an assistant coach, they get Cade Cunningham. That's two number one overall players. But I think Kentucky's, uh, they've cast a much wider net so far in 2022. They're getting their hands and eyes on uh, a lot of different guys. They're putting offers out there a little bit earlier in the process, establishing uh, those relationships and really identifying, uh, you know, who they want and not just who they want, but which guys are leaning towards going to college as opposed to going on one of the professional routes. And I think when you look at Jay Lucas, Orlando Antipa, Chin Coleman, that's going to be uh, one of their main job description is identifying, all right, which guys can we get, which guys are, are going to go pro. And so I think they've done a good job with that uh, so far and, and really positioned Kentucky uh, well going into that early signing period. Chris Fisher, catspaws.com at chrisfisher247. We'll talk to you next week. All right, you bet. Halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report, coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic when we return. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Second half of our Wednesday show. Kyle Tucker joins us from the Athletic.com. Back in the summer, you did a long piece for the Athletic on Will Levis and um, know that you were not surprised to hear the announcement that he would be the starting quarterback, correct? No, not surprised at all. I uh, I think it's, you know, I, I hate to say this because I think it, it gets people, you know, riled up like they didn't have a fair competition. But I think it's been going this way since before he ever, ever set foot on campus. I mean, I think they knew what they were getting in him. I think uh, I think Liam Cohen has a good idea what a quarterback is and can do and, and what he's looking for in the system he wants to operate. Um, it's not like uh, Will Levis was a high school recruit 
where where you go, I don't know, you know, I can't see what he can do at this level of competition. Um, you know, there's a decent amount of, of film, you know, of him at Penn State. And there was a lot of stuff that 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 Liam Cohen saw that he liked coming in. And then I, I think they were in very close contact all the way through. I think he knew uh, the work that Will Levis was doing. Uh, Bruce Feldman uh, at The Athletic did a cool piece earlier this summer about the biomechanical expert that has been working with Levis and, and can do all that stuff virtually. Um, you know, what Levis records himself, and they um, go over the video and, and, you know, work on the mechanical pieces of that. Um, because everybody knows Will has a big arm, but, you know, can he dial it in and be a little more accurate, even though, you know, to this point, playing in spot duty, coming in, never knowing when he's coming in, he's almost 60% passer in college. Uh, you know, you want that, obviously, to be higher. So I, I think all those things, and also having a spring to work with the guys they had. I mean, Joey Gatewood, yes, he came out as the best of the options at the time out of spring, and part of that was that he didn't throw a single interception in any format. Uh, all spring, and that is good. Um, but Kentucky has had game managers at quarterback. That's all they've had uh, for years now, since probably Andre Woodson. And so they need a playmaker. You know, if they're going to get the ball down the field and, and complement the running game, they need more than just a game manager. And I think they felt like, you know, Joey might not be that guy. And Bo Allen could be, but he's not right now. And so. I think it was always going to go this way, and, and then the, the minute that Will Levis stepped into camp and, and started making these these plays that pop, and I think everybody that's gotten to see him in an open forum so far, highlights or an open practice, fan day, they see it, you know, that the arm talent is just there in a way that they haven't had at Kentucky in a long time. He's also big, strong, and athletic and can move too. Um this was this was I just couldn't have ever imagined any other scenario than Will Levis winning the starting job at Kentucky unless he came here and just space planted and he he has hardly done that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, if, if we're fans of the movie Miracle about the '80 hockey team, there's a scene where they Herb Brooks is picking the the team and they've put this uh, week long camp together of all star players and he knows who his team is before the camp even starts from the studying he's done of players and talking to their coaches and so forth. And, you know, it's a movie, but actually I'm sure that was mostly, if not completely true. Here, I'm assuming it's, you know, a similar kind of thing. Cohen's watched tape, uh, talked to people, I'm sure, and uh, it's not solidified until, you know, Levis gets there. He could come in and be a jerk, or he could come in and, uh, you know, struggle more than you expected. Once that doesn't happen, then you have confirmed what you thought right yeah absolutely i mean you know when you come in thinking he can do he can do xyz and he comes in he does xyz and then some um yeah i i think i think you just you you go ahead and make the the decision um again to me it comes back to they could have done a number of things including you could have a you could even play, play a wide receiver at quarterback which they've done you, you could do a number of things if you're just uh, trying to not have the guy who's taking the snap lose you the game. And that's that's essentially been the case with the exception of the early days uh, of Steven Johnson when he could still throw the ball. And a lot of that was being able to hit the home run, which is going to be a strength for Will Levis. We think we talked about that last week. Uh, with the exception of that, and a couple of moments for Terry Wilson, they were not consistent, but a couple of moments, the Florida game in the Swamp comes to mind, obviously. 
Um, but with very few exceptions, since Andre Woodson, they have been have they've cycled through quarterbacks that they were hoping would not lose them the game. Uh, you didn't put a guy out there to say, that, and say this guy can win us some games by himself at times if necessary. And I don't want to put too much on Will Levis, but that's what the hope is. I mean, the hope is that you have a quarterback who can not just not lose you the games that your running game is going well and your defense is playing well, but can win you some games when they're not. And the very best programs in the in the the mighty SEC and all around the country, they have that difference maker. Um, they have that guy at quarterback who elevates them. I mean, think about just think about what Joe Burrow. And again, I'm not putting Joe Burrow hype on Will Levis, but when you think about that position and when you go from LSU toiled. I mean, of, of all programs, they'd get anybody they wanted at every position, but they just couldn't figure out quarterback, and they'd get highly rated guys that busted. They finally get a difference maker, and they they destroy everybody. Um, and so, you know, and one parallel I would draw is the, the Joe Brady uh, experiment that went perfectly when paired with a quarterback like Burrow uh, at LSU. They brought in a guy who was just like a, a secondary, not an assistant, but an assistant to the assistant uh, in the NFL and Joe Brady, um, and he ignites that offense. And, you know, they've obviously done something similar with Liam Cohen. Um, so does that does that move the coordinator and the combination of him and Will Levis coming in together as a transfer he believes in? Um, is that a difference maker in and of itself? Um, I think that's what they believe right now. I think Mark Stoops is confident in it. And I would also just bring it back to, it's been talked about a lot, but I think it was very admirable that they did know right away. They did feel like right away these guys, that, that this guy is the difference maker. That And he's so he's, he has so separated from the pack that they told those guys. They told us and they told the, the players because Stoops knew that Gaywood would not want to stick around and, and you know sit on the bench again. Um, he's been through this before at Auburn, losing that battle to Bo Nix. Uh, he knew he'd probably want to go somewhere. And he could have kept him. He could have waited to tell him until it was too late, you know, been too costly to transfer to make sure he kept a quality backup on the bench. And some people will be frustrated that he didn't. But it was the right thing to do by that kid. And I think, you know, uh, tip of the cap to Mark for doing that because I think it, it you know, if, if you know he's not the guy, you know, let him make a decision based on that information. If you're a Kentucky fan and you want to be, um, you know, approaching 11 on the optimistic scale, um, you uh, look around the SEC and you don't see a lot of established quarterbacks that the teams Kentucky uh, is competing against this season. Uh, so if you hit on your guy better than they hit on their guys, that's how you, you know, erase some of that gap if you're Kentucky. Right, and, and that's again. You look at you look at what Mark Stoops has done, you know, over these since since 2012, and it's been this steady um, upgrade in talent, just broadly in talent, but then kind of in, in position groups. Almost, it's almost like they they kind of systematically went through. You know, you got all these linebackers that are playing, or, or edge rushers that are now playing in the NFL that they've developed. The offensive line being the thing that they've really leaned on a group of running backs that has uh, been about as good as anybody in the league, you know, just a succession of guys from, from boom to Benny to Chris Rodriguez, just, you know, all in a row, all those guys really, you know, towards the top of the league. Um, 
you know, defensive backs have been very good. They've really upgraded the defensive line. They just, what, three years ago, two years ago, signed the one of the two or three best defensive line recruiting classes in the country behind only Alabama and Clemson. Um, you know, they have essentially built this roster up to the point over time where almost every position is, you know, from the middle up, you know, somewhere from the middle up in the league, except a couple, wide receiver and quarterback. And, you know, obviously they add Wandale Robinson and, and feel like they have a difference maker, at least one, and plus, plus Josh Ali. Um, they feel like they have a couple of difference makers at receiver, at least. Now, can you finally hit on that quarterback? And I do go back to LSU again in that way. Like, that was, that was the thing holding LSU back forever. They had elite talent across the board. I mean, and certainly more than Kentucky even, but for years, as good a talent as anybody in the SEC, in the country, at every position except quarterback, and they finally got their quarterback, and it, it, they took off like a rocket. That's, maybe, that, maybe that's the thing here. Maybe that is the difference maker for Kentucky. Talking with Kyle Tucker, you can read him at theathletic.com. And we'll take a break, 16 before the top of the hour. Coming to you on the drinksword.com hotline. Their newest product is Shield. Hydrate better and faster. Find out more about it at drinksword.com. High school teams all around the state are using Shield. You can too with some bold fruit flavors. Check it out at drinksword.com. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Chat with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. And uh, the U.K. basketball players, not the whole team, but a good chunk of them, are doing a Players First Fan Fest, uh, one of the offshoots of the name, image, and likeness development. What do you think about this uh, move, Kyle? It's interesting. I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think we're, I think we're going to probably see a lot of events where you know, um, n- not just sort of spontaneous, but but organized, uh, advertised events where fans and players can mingle, and uh, there's some opportunity to sell merchandise or or sign autographs or uh, do any number of things um, that can put a little money in these guys' pockets, things that they can do after they graduate. And they always do on these autograph tours, but, uh, or after they declare for the draft, but now can do in school. And I think we've talked about that before, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't think a lot of people know what it ultimately looks like, you know, how, how loose the regulations will end up being. I think, I think at some point it'll be pretty much, if you can make money on it, go for it, um, with a few stipulations, but you know, like, Dante Allen scores 30 points against Mississippi State again <laughs> this season. Uh, can he, you know, can the PA guy say, Dante Allen will be in the uh, concourse, you know, after the game, uh, 50 bucks a pop if you want him to sign the game program or whatever. Um, I mean, th- if you just think about it that way, like how, how, how valuable in just one pop could that be for a guy? At, at a place like Kentucky, it'd be it would be very interesting. But yeah, they're I think they're kind of getting things started with the with this fan fest. I'm guessing they they couldn't do that though if that's the university being involved in it. Um, that's that's not, true. That's true. I mean, I guess which is I a shame because that could actually be a, a good way for it to work. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like it, to me, that would be that would be one of the most logical. And maybe maybe you just have a a uh, you know maybe they get with a, a third party that says, hey, we're going to sit up in the lobby of the you know of the uh, convention center uh, after every game, and guys who want to sign will be there, and fans who want to get signatures come there. And then if a guy has a great game, he's the hot autograph of the night i don't know I, I don't know what it'll look like but i would say like to me that that, that is where it really has some value um, because i think if you caught fans in a moment of you know imagine what jody makes it wasn't a home game but imagine what jody makes makes an autograph money if he's signing in the lobby after a 54 point game against tennessee <laughs> yeah um you know everybody wants that like i've got my game program from that night and jody signed it after he scored you know 54 points uh, he could have walked out of there with fifty grand in the night or something. So I would imagine, like in a situation like that, the next day he gets back home. That's true. That's yeah. true. Hey, I just put it on your social media. Like, hit me up outside the lodge. You'd have, you'd have you'd have like an impromptu uh, you'd have an impromptu uh, madness camp out. Be like a flash mob. <laughs> exactly. You know, and with the the thing with the players, this uh, players first fan fest, I've you know heard uh, some people talk about. Well, you know, it's uh, it's got to cost these guys a lot to rent Rupp Arena. You know, they're these are guys affiliated with uh, was it Pro Camps U or something? I mean, you have companies that will take on the responsibility of the expense, thinking that they'll make a profit on it, and they'll have to find out if they will or not. As they there'll be some trial and error in this. Yeah, that's the other. You know, that's the other thing. That's why I think so much of this. It, it, when it all when the dust settles is going to end up being you know individual guys who are marketable and uh, you know have have a reason that people want to spend money on them and it's probably going to be a lot more you know person to person transactions you know other than guy like there'll be some guys who have this huge social media following and we already know like that market is already already established all these influencers quote unquote right. uh, who don't even have a talent compared to these athletes you know, there are people that just like I, I talk about makeup on Instagram, and a lot of people follow me. And so these makeup brands and fashion brands pay them. You know, they they end up making huge six figure, seven figure incomes by promoting brands to their huge followings on social media. And there will be some guys uh, that are able to, you know, tap into that for sure. Um, but I think some of it's just going to be like, hey, this guy's really good. And Cal Perry has talked about this, like. The biggest things that make you will make you name, image, likeness marketable uh, are the things that you do between the lines. If you're really good, then you're more marketable. If you're not yep. a good player, you're less marketable. Um, and so it is definitely also going to, I think, regulate itself in a way that this first rush has happened, but some businesses are going to get a year or two down the road and go, I didn't get any return from this. You know, like I saw, I saw no real. A value in doing this and they'll dial back or they'll or they'll apply their money elsewhere so and you uh wrote your latest piece at the athletics about uh cal's new hire our buddy tj beisner to work in this area with uh you know helping these guys build their brands and work with parents and so forth and uh seems like a great move for cal yeah tj has always been a really interesting and funny figure to me i mean he he uh, and, and impressive. I mean, the story talks about it. he he sold his car to pay for a moving van to take a part-time TV producing job in Kentucky ten years ago, and now he's on Cal staff. And you know, arguably one of the most important areas that they'll deal with over the next few years, um, maybe the most important. And I think he's good for that because one, he's a creative. 
Um, everybody that knows anything about TJ and his work knows that, that he, he thinks outside the box and he's, he, um, he knows how to get people interested in what he's doing. Um, and, and two, he is, uh, really good at connecting with the players. Um, you know, I think, and I think he'll be true of families too, um, which is going to be important because they're going to try to really personalize this experience for those guys. Like what, okay, what do you want your brand to be? What do you want to be known for? What kind of, you know, what kinds of businesses are you hoping to attract? Okay. Let's build your, let's build your brand around that. Let's connect you with people in those areas of interest. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a very smart move. One, you had to have a position, you had to have a person in charge of this specifically, or you're, you're done i think right now you have to have somebody whose entire focus is on all the pieces around name image and likeness but also you gotta have the right person and and tj strikes me as the right kind of uh thinker um and just connector i think to make all those pieces work i think it was a really really good hire you can uh, read the story at theathletic.com where you can also if you're a subscriber invite up to five friends and family members to join free for 30 days and sample the content like we talk about each week with Kyle. So hope you guys do well with that, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Kyle Tucker. We'll wrap up this edition of the Leach Report when we come right back. A couple of Wildcat birthdays, Kenny Walker. Willie Cauley-Stein, both celebrating birthdays today. And we missed a couple yesterday, ran out of time. Coach Vince Merrill, belated happy birthday. Same to former Kentucky basketball player Archie Goodwin. Terry Wilson's been named the starting QB at New Mexico. Good for Terry. Hope he does uh, well this season. And the Lexington Legends uh, minor league team here in Lexington uh, going to be giving away Jared Lorenzen bobbleheads on Saturday. And I know a lot of you would love to pick up one of those. You can uh, go to the Legends website, find out more details on that. We'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Leach Report. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast.